0: welcome to the way of the womb podcast my name is beck i'm your host and i'm a trauma-informed holistic birth and doula womb worker and earth lover i am here to support you and all womb owners whether that's through your monthly cycles and navigating the everyday, or whether that's to support your journey through the rite of passage of pregnancy and birth my passion is to support souls to come home to themselves so you can connect back to your innate power, your intuition and the wisdom of your body, so you can feel empowered and live your truth. On this platform, we will be discussing periods, pregnancy, plant medicine, birth, trauma, mental health, spirituality, earth to body connection and everything in between. This is a place for conscious souls to gather so that together we can heal, thrive and live authentically unapologetically as ourselves this is the way of the womb podcast
1: hey everyone welcome back to the way of the womb podcast today i have jenna on coming to share her free birth story thank you so much for coming on jenna hi thank you so can you tell myself and the audience a little bit about yourself, please?
2: Yeah, so I'm Jenna. Um, I live in a beautiful little island um in between Ireland and England called the Isle of Man. Um I was born here. And I free birthed my first daughter about two and two years and four months ago. Um, first baby. And it was just such an incredible experience. So I feel really honored to be here today and tell you my story.
1: I'm so excited to hear it. I'm just a pre warning. I'm probably literally going to be like, oh my God, I love it. Oh my God, that's amazing. That seems to be all I say when I'm listening to birth stories. So yeah, yeah, disclaimer, I'm putting that out there. So yeah, should we get started then? I mean, how? Yeah. How is your pregnancy to begin? Let's begin at the beginning. So if I really was to go back and think about my story, it really begins
2: before I even got pregnant. Mm. And I really was unsure whether I would ever be a mother. I was just one of those people where people would come to me and I was sort of felt like a mother anyway. And I always had these ideas of what type of mother I wanted to be, you know, long term breastfeeding, um, gentle parenting, co-sleeping, and I knew it was a massive commitment. So I was really unsure whether I really wanted to be a mom and I'd also had years of synthetic contraceptives and my periods were not regular. And I don't think I was ovulating. So there was all these unknowns. Um, so when I met my partner, he'd always wanted to have children, so you know we had the conversation whether or not you know what our life our life would look like together. Um, And we travelled a lot when we first met. Um, We actually um, bought a van and converted it and we were going to go travelling. And we left the island and we went to the UK. And unfortunately, we had to come back because Aaron's brother suddenly passed away. And while we stayed on the island, my brother actually also died um, very suddenly in an accident while he was on holiday. Mm -hmm. And this massive... Um, life experience really was so close to my heart it was the first time I'd really experienced death but it propelled me into this massive deep desire to be a mother and it wasn't from losing him it was just the realization of what life really was meant to be about, and that was to have a child so Aaron was very happy um, and we really set out to have a baby and to really heal my periods yeah so we started a fertility diet we changed a couple of things around we um not that we drank a lot anyway but we really reduced it to minimal and he stopped smoking tobacco so we were doing all these conscious things um and yeah we we went traveling we decided to go we went to spain And during our travels, we thought, would we leave the island? Would we move somewhere else? Um, But As it turns out, I think with a lot of traveling, you know, you want to find yourself. We found ourselves drawn back to the island again. We wanted to have our baby at home. So we arrived home and... Um it was sort of Christmas sort of time. We were really getting into our um, our ancestors, who were we, you know, where were we from? And it was the first full moon in January and it was obviously embolic at that time. So we did an offering, well, I did an offering to the goddess um, Bridget and spilt milk for her and prayed and prayed for a child we were just, we were sort of six months into that, into that point. And um, yeah, a few days later, I I had um, an afternoon nap, I felt so tired. And I went to sleep. I felt like I went to a different world. I felt like I went somewhere and I came back to myself. I had no dreams, there was no, there was no journey, it just I felt different. And of course, I woke up the next day, and I felt full of life. I was so energetic. I, I felt so strange, really not myself. And I went out for lunch with a friend and she was driving really fast. And I said, can you slow down? My boobs really hot. And she completely laughed and said, you're pregnant. And as soon as she said it, it was like a light bulb went off in my mind. And I thought, I'm pregnant. That's exactly what I am feeling right now.
0: I love
1: that oh my god I told you that's all I'd say but that's just given me shivers what a profound journey that you've been on through that loss and they say you know birth and death are so similar so intertwined and so connected yeah absolutely so for you guys to have journeyed through that yourself and Aaron both together but also separately with your your brothers
2: yeah. to then
1: call upon Bridget, who is the goddess of fertility.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, that is absolutely amazing. And that light bulb moment, how did you feel in that moment? I felt like every
2: dream had come true. I was so, you know getting to that point of really feeling desperate I really wanted a baby and I just was praying and praying Mm. and wondering um what would happen really Mm. um yeah and every month taking a test and feeling disappointed your period comes and that disappointment so when she said it I just felt I just knew I absolutely knew and we we did take a test and we were just crying and crying we were jumping around the room we were so happy we you know I was very early I was about four weeks pregnant and there was no waiting until three months we were we were out there telling our families we were excited we were having this baby it it felt like a
1: miracle to be honest she chose us that's how it felt she absolutely did and you know that dream that you had how profound to have that dream where almost when spirit was entering you know and saying that you felt full of life that's to be in awareness of your body in that so intrinsically to notice What so many people do not notice, and you know, it's not a bad thing if we don't notice, but it's just so interesting how some people do. Um, but to have that intrinsic knowing on an energetic, spiritual level that mm. another soul has entered is magic. That and is I would amazing.
2: say, even at that time, I wouldn't have called myself spiritual.
1: Mm. You know, as
2: we maybe would define it now, I you know I was in tune with my body but I wouldn't say that I was connected to spirit as such an awareness of spirit at all
1: mm-hmm. so it's
2: really interesting to look back now
1: yeah do you better to think it maybe was the start of your spiritual
2: path spiritual oh, journey completely completely mm-hmm. you know pregnancy birth is completely spiritual it's a massive rite of passage and it completely yeah it's it's the best experience of your life, completely.
1: Yeah, amazing. So, in the moments when that light bulb went off, and you know, you started telling your family and kind of spreading the news, and we're like, okay, we're we are bringing a soul earth side, Mm-hmm. What was your journey from then? Well, how did you experience your pregnancy from that point?
2: Um. Well, I. Very um, very soon after, I, and we definitely knew we were pregnant, I had a dream that um, the baby was a little girl for three nights. Every night, she was a little girl. And on the fourth night, I woke up and the name Ruby came to me and I said to Aaron, Ruby, and he said, yeah. So she was already telling me who she was before yes. I even knew her. So I had these really strong feelings that she was she was amazing she was meant for me she was strong so from a from a point of view on the medical side I was really apprehensive to then go from this incredible experience to then booking the doctor's appointments and um, seeing a midwife um I'd had a big awakening about health about five years previous I was really really sick uh bed bound for about 18 months wow. I'd many medications different appointments and um nothing worked I spoke to a holistic doctor and I was a different person within two weeks I was completely changed and it opened my complete world up to just holistic health so I always knew when I had a baby I would I would have a baby at home a hospital isn't a place I feel safe whatsoever um And at that time on the island, they they didn't offer home births. They hadn't done it for a few years. You would have to employ an independent midwife to come over to the island Mm -hmm. at a cost. Um, So when I first went to see a doctor, she was really fearful. You know, women die in home births. This can happen, this can happen. You really need to think carefully of what you're doing. So that was my first initial appointment. Mm
1: lots of coercive language and yeah
2: it was awful Mm. and I really was I was so disappointed there's me really excited to go into sort of a feeling like that it was it was hard so we we looked at the independent midwife um because Aaron and I decided for me to be at home during my pregnancy financially we couldn't afford her
0: Mm
2: -hmm. so what we started to look at was okay so if they didn't offer home bus, technically legally they have to get someone out to me yeah. they, they they have to oblige me in that way Absolutely. and at the time they, they, they had a new head of midwifery and she was all for home bus. she wanted to bring them back so I was emailing emailing email and there was a promise of meeting up that never came to fruition Um, I tried lots of different midwives trying to get on the same wavelength but I was just brought back to the fear you know, and I understand where they come from, the, the liability, however, it was, you know, there was no belief in me, there was no belief in me as a mother that I could birth, you know, and I'm sure they've seen all kinds happen in a hospital setting, so it, it was hard, I really, really struggled
1: um, with it, and I... It's really difficult, I'm sorry that was your experience, and you know, being brought back to fear when you're in such a, a beautiful place and feeling so empowered. I think sometimes, unfortunately, when, you know, we want a home birth or a birth in our own terms, it is something, unfortunately, that we has to be fought for. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, so you were meeting up with your midwife, well, speaking to this midwife, which didn't come into fruition. Yeah. I was seeing
2: several different midwives, there's no consistent care either. Um, and I I found it really, really difficult, and it was funny because right, right in the beginning of my pregnancy, Aaron made just a throwaway comment like, "I'll just be a midwife. Don't worry about it." And I remember thinking, "That's a really that's taking it to another level." I had no idea about free birthing at that point, but mm. I, you know, I wanted a woman to support me, be there for me, hold space for me. Um, but it just was not that way. Um. Mm. And I had an appointment with uh, an obstetrician at about 21 weeks, and he he booked me an induction at 41 weeks. He was already booking my induction, Wow. and I yeah I was re- I mean this man had met me for five minutes, and I said no you you should cancel that appointment I won't be coming to that appointment, and he laughed and he said. You'll be begging me to take your baby out of you by then.
1: Oh my gosh. No, no one could see me, but my mouth is open. Yeah. Wow. That that's really actually quite traumatic and very disrespectful mm-hmm. for that language to be used around your baby.
2: Yeah. Wow. And I'd had a brilliant pregnancy. I, I had no issues you know, up until that point, I was happy, healthy, still was really connected to Ruby. Um, and I just, every time I met someone in the system, it pushed me to rebel against them. It pushed me to think, how do I make the vision come true that I want and I deserve? How do I do that? But I didn't have any answers. I, I didn't know about free birth. And I, I I didn't know what I was really going to do but I felt I felt fearful that it wasn't going to come true that was that was at that point where I started to really dig deep.
1: Mm, And at that point when you were struggling to get a midwife who was on board with the story you wanted and the intention you wanted did you consider um, turning to family or a doula or was it Aaron was your kinds of kids I I actually reached out to a couple
2: of different women who weren't midwives that maybe um they were in the holistic side but obviously they were like I don't have the training for that I can't do that for you Mm. um so it was hard and on the island we don't have a lot of um maternity services outside of the medical system right yeah so it was really difficult and I went to my last midwife appointment at about 27 weeks. And she, she she, wasn't in a good mood at all. And she said that my baby was a leech and taking all my nutrients. And Aaron was there with me at that appointment and he was shocked himself. And I remember thinking, but my baby's making me well. My baby is encouraging me to look after myself you know we are in a circle of love with one another she makes me so happy and then I give her the nutrients I didn't feel like she was taken from me at all she was giving me life mm. and that I think that was really the icing on the cake that was like we need to get out of this system Um, it was funny I came home cried my eyes out thinking what the heck are we gonna do and I can't really remember where I was introduced to free birthing I I don't know where the point was but I listened to the podcast the listeners will be able to find it with Alexandria she was a young early 20s um mother and she birthed in a york in somewhere in America um midwinter and it was incredible and listening to her story I was just crying my eyes out in the bath like This is the vision I want. This is the birth. If she can do it, I can do it. And that really started to turn the tables.
1: Oh my gosh, I (laughs) love this. The unfolding of this and so beautiful that your vision was so strong and you were so in a place than yourself that you held that vision because a lot, unfortunately, within the medical world, so many people are swayed towards fear. Yeah, because of the language that is used and the coercive language that yeah. is used um, and you know, it's not always used but a lot of the time unfortunately it is um and it's due to you know a lack of trust in the body a lack of trust mm-hmm. in fear and, and fear mm-hmm. Um, so it's amazing that you're able to hold that um and really stand strong in your boundaries but actually now This whatever anyone says, this is how I choose to birth because I know you know your body better than anyone. Yeah, you know your baby better than any medical professional. Yeah, and and then you you came across free birth. How magic! Can't help but feel like all of these different appointments kind of yeah got you on the path to finding this to have this journey. Absolutely. this was Ruby's plan
2: yeah there's a silver lining to it all you know you have to go through these things sometimes for you to really push forward and have clarity on what you really want um I, I couldn't give up I could not give up on the home birth vision I had this no. I, I couldn't do it unless of course it was any medical reason I was not I was not completely against the medical system I knew they were there if I really needed them I knew that I didn't need them. I didn't I, I didn't understand the, the point of the appointments. You know, most of the time the midwife was just on the computer. I be, barely looked at me um, and I refused the Doppler um, to hear the baby. And she, they would use a fetus but I would get the comments of, oh, it's been such a long time since I've used one of these. You know, it was just such a, an effort to be able to move it. And actually one time they didn't have one. And the midwife was so concerned. She was really upset that she didn't have one to listen to the baby. And what she told me was, you haven't had the full experience of the appointment. But I knew deep down that she was concerned that if anything happened and she hadn't heard baby, she could get in trouble. But what I was saying to her is, I know baby's fine. I feel that baby's fine. I am not concerned. But that wasn't enough. Um, so that was a really interesting experience
1: as well. Very interesting. The, you know, nurses, midwives, and anyone who's working in the medical professional, most professions have to, you know, abide by these rules and mm-hmm. have it in black and white. Um, and that's kind of the difficult the difficult thing between a mother's intuition and what it says on paper or what they've learned at university and things like this and of course coming from a place of you know wanting you to be well but also the concern for their job um but that's that's really really interesting and did you have scans during your pregnancy as well I did I always thought that I wouldn't
2: I had Mm. I had the three month one because we were looking at the independent midwife and she would need to know a, a rough date to come over so we agreed to that um at that time and then i had the 20 week one aaron was sort of getting a little bit concerned that i was really attached to baby being a little girl you know and he said well you know we could go we could just ask for a very quick scan we didn't need a long one as such um and i i said i said okay and i remember waking up that morning going I'm happy to go to this appointment because I actually know she's a little girl and they're not going to tell me anything I don't already know. That, it was as simple as that. And, of course, when we went and um, she <laughs> she turned around to us and said, well, yeah, it's a little girl. And both Aaron and I just, tipped. we were just like, oh, and looked at each other. And it, even that was a profound experience for us. And that was a lesson in we already know they are not telling us anything we don't already know.
1: Yeah. Wow. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Your intuition. The mother's intuition is it's more profound strong. than anything. More profound than anything. Yeah. So when you had had your scans and you were kind of, you'd obviously heard about free birth and listened to that amazing podcast Um What did you then say to Aaron, you know, okay, this is, this is what I want to do.
2: But I think we were both sort of on the same thinking before we both said it really. Mm -hmm. Um, We decided, I think we, we, we kind of been thinking about it before that last midwife appointment where she said the baby was a leech and Mm -hmm. afterwards we were like, yeah, apparently that's terminology they use that was not specific to her as a midwife i've been told that that is what they're taught to describe baby which i think
1: is is wrong um absolutely but i also think that a lot of the language that's used around birth is not right yeah
2: yeah, so, I yeah i agree
1: yeah absolutely
2: so we we came home and i said to aaron look if we buy the free birth um course online that'll maybe give us uh, the confidence of maybe things where we're a little bit concerned about if we were to do this on our own. And he said, Jen, I said, once I buy this course, I'm committed, I'm all in, this is us out of the system. And he said, go for it. You know, he was completely, you know, believed in me. There, yeah. there was no trying to get him on board any, through any part of my pregnancy. He completely trusted in me because he trusts in himself he has a Mm. deep self-belief in himself so he knew I could do it
1: wow just shows how profound that is and how much of a journey pregnancy and healing journey is not only for you but also the partner as well absolutely Um, yeah absolutely having that that solid support who also is there being like fuck yes you've got this like I fully believe in you yeah oh that's so powerful that's strong foundations to come from and unstoppable
2: yeah we you know we're really connected together um he's such an incredible guy and you know he'd wanted kids since he was 18 so for him this was really something special yeah um yeah because I often hear about women finding it hard with their partners and trying to get them on board. Um, but I, it's not my experience. And, you know, I can see how that would be, would be difficult um, because that's the last thing you want to do really is to try and get someone on board to how you want to birth. I can't imagine the stress of that,
1: really. Absolutely. And I think, you know, sometimes partners don't always agree straight away you know one of them might have more concerns than the other but speaking and verbalizing them and openly communicating them and you know getting them out in the air so we can move through them and journey through them Mm. so you can both come to um a place where you both feel comfortable and held and supported whether that's with a doula with each other or midwife whatever but being able to express them concerns and also, I think it's really important for the partner to learn what to expect, what mm-hmm. what is pregnancy and birth, because then even if plans change, which plans change a lot, <laughs> there's no kind of shock. If enough research has been done, then you're like, okay, we're ready to handle whatever it is It's going to be thrown at us because we've covered every kind of scenario. And that's, you know, what a, what a midwife possibly would mm. have done. I'm not mm-hmm. so sure whether they still would at the moment with everything that's going on and the lack of kind of funds and time they have to spend with expectant parents. But I know in the jeweler world, it's something absolutely that is covered. Yeah. Um, and kind of covering every scenario so that you feel well prepared and well informed to know what's going on and what questions to ask and so you can make decisions that are most empowering so I think having a partner who's also in that place is just more important than but one of the most important things about birth actually yeah yeah I'd agree amazing so you both were like okay we're gonna gonna get this course that's it we're signing the paperwork
2: yeah. it's happening yeah
1: yeah Love that. yeah I did get my bloods done
2: they were perfect so that gave us even more confidence um and I guess we probably like a lot of um parents we we, we did have a couple of concerns we were worried about hemorrhage it's a massive mm-hmm. thing in the birth world turns out it's not a big thing in an undisturbed birth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if baby didn't cry, so they were, they were like the two things. What if baby didn't breathe? What if there was issues around that? And of course, the more we went into free birth and knew what an undisturbed birth potentially would look like and be, those fears went out the window. And we kept coming back to baby strong. We we we've heard her We use a fetoscope. We can hear her heart. We I felt great Um, so we we kept going with if I feel good baby would tell me if there's an issue baby would there would be a sign there would be something Um mm. yeah so the, the the course was you know it was incredible there was different things we were we were we were online pr- practically every night looking at videos from Doing the course to just random videos on YouTube, we literally ate, slept, breathed, birthed together. Um, oh, and it I love was
1: that. <laughs> love it.
2: <laughs> so good. And no doubt it brought us closer together. You know, it's the next, you know, we've journeyed together during it. And um, it's, you know, I have to do a lot of inner work but I think for Aaron there was you know a lot of journeying for him as well
1: absolutely absolutely and beautiful that you're both yeah again a little bit like the beginning of your journey both individually doing the work but on the path together yeah which is so so profound that you went on that journey together so deeply
2: Oh god, yeah. I couldn't imagine doing it with anybody else, to be honest.
1: I love that. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) So you do you did the course, the free birth course. course. We did. We
2: um we were given a sort of hospital, I say due date in brackets because we know that babies come when they're ready. Yeah. So we were given it a due date of about the 13th of October, but my brother who'd passed away, his birthday was actually on the 19th of October. And I just felt so um connected to him through this pregnancy. I knew she would come closer to the 19th. Yeah. And I actually had a dream about Scott um, later on in my pregnancy. Um, I met him in a dream and, you know, I was telling him I was pregnant. And he said to me, I already know, Jen. I already know. And I remember feeling like I knew I was dreaming. I'm sure they call it lucid dreaming. And yeah. I thought, what could I do right now? What would yeah. I love? And I just hugged him. And he just brought me in. And I remember waking up feeling like he's here with me all the time. He knows that. already. I'm, I'm, you know, maybe he's met Ruby. I don't know. Off center to me. I don't know. But. So the thing with the due date I never worried I never worried about that sort of if she doesn't come then then you know maybe there's an issue at home but so yeah that's another little part of my journey
1: really. Oh, oh my god I feel like I'm getting emotional thank you <laughs> for sharing all of these beautiful beautiful elements to your journey and that's wow super deep and mm beautiful and profound what a beautiful dream
0: oh, oh it was I amazing. love amazing. I couldn't
1: was have asked for a better dream. dream was it just a dream that's the question who knows <laughs> 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 and when you decided that you were going to freebear to bring ruby aside did you speak to any midwives or doctors about that and if you did how was that received
2: oh I did I told them I would free birth if they if they couldn't support me then now I potentially will birth on my own it didn't go down well I was sort of um, advised that if I don't engage with the system that I potentially could run um, a risk of having social services involved which is ironic because I tried so hard with them to get them to support me. Wow. So after I'd had that conversation, that was that was actually a little bit before I came out of the system. I just canceled all my appointments. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't, you know, I just kind of went under the radar. It was just a yeah, simple yeah. little, I'm just going to cancel the appointments and that's it. I've tried as hard as I can try
1: absolutely and when you cancel the appointments did anyone chase you up and be like oh you know nah, no nope. nothing nope yeah interesting yeah which mm-hmm. you know says a
2: yeah. lot yeah 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 so I I took care I did my own antenatal meditation uh, getting outside we had a glorious summer I was as stress-free as possible um eating well and um I've just remembered this just talking Aaron actually proposed to me as well um one evening yeah it was it was just such a beautiful experience I was in the bath and I was crying you know all emotional and I was thinking like my belly is so big and all these things and he went outside, he was just watering our garden and he just I came outside and I said to me, okay. And he said, Yeah, I've just been thinking about all the things we're gonna grow together in our life. He said, Will you marry me? And I just was like homely just crying my eyes out. I couldn't believe it. Um and it just, I guess my, my pregnancy felt really magical. Yeah, you yeah, know?
1: absolutely.
2: And whether that's just of my mindset and the things that we put together, I didn't have to go to work. I was really lucky. You know, we sacrificed other things. And I think it makes a massive, massive difference out of anything you can do during your pregnancy. Stress-free as possible is really the key.
1: Mm, Definitely. Stress-free is the key. (laughs) But um, that proposal, oh, just got shivers again that's so beautiful and all the things you were physically emotionally growing during that time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how profound oh magic so magical it was
2: best experience of my life really um and then I sort of slipped into the end going towards the end of my pregnancy I was sleeping a lot um we didn't actually tell a lot of people we're going to free birth we wanted to really protect the space I wasn't aware of anybody on the island free birthing of course women would have given birth without medical you know assistance for thousands of years on the island before but to my knowledge around around that time nobody had free birthed Mm -hmm. so it wasn't you know we've got really conservative family um and we just we didn't want any fear we didn't want anyone to put their projections onto us we knew what we were doing we were happy so we kept the circle of knowledge really really close my mom knew and my mom knows me and she supported me um so that was lovely and as as close as I am to my mom and my sister at the time I didn't want anyone at the birth apart from Aaron, and we'd Mm -hmm. made that decision. I'm a really sensitive soul. I really pick up on energy, and I didn't want to worry about anybody else. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be worried about what they thought. They, you know, even my mom, best will in the world, to see her daughter, you know, possibly in a lot of pain. It just takes one little, one little word, and it can flip your mind. And I really didn't want that.
1: Absolutely, I had to keep there yeah the safe space as you said in holding that in in ceremony I guess isn't it rather Mm. than allowing outside sources in who may also bring their own fears and their own concerns which can then in turn affect you and how you birth absolutely yeah it sounds beautiful you really yeah that all of these things were really taken into consideration um I love that. It's really powerful. Thank you. Really, really powerful. And it just shows, doesn't it? So, after you'd kind of spooked your mum about this and said, okay, this is what we're doing, how did everything begin to unfold? Oh, this is the juicy part, right? I know. I'm so
2: excited. <laughs> I'm like, oh, like a little girl. I'm ready. <gasps> <laughs> oh, my God. So, I'd been given the due date of the 13th that came and went, which I was fine. I was happy. I would rub my belly and be like, you know, m- mothers and children have this internal dialogue constantly. And I kept saying, I'm ready. I'll wait for you. You come when you're ready. And it got to the 15th of October. And I was having contractions, I think, in my dream. Not enough to wake me up, not enough for birth, nothing like that. <laughs> So I didn't really think anything of it, but I really felt the need to sleep a lot in those last few days. So I did. I just followed my body. And on the 17th, I woke up with a contraction quite early in the morning. And Aaron was getting ready for work. And I said, Oh, I'll try and sleep. You go to work. And if anything changes, I'll ring you. Coffee pops to work. And then I woke up about 10 o'clock with a contraction and it felt strong. So I rang him and I said, I actually think you need to come home. And I've got this picture. I did take a little screenshot. He's just smiling. I look a little apprehensive, but he's just smiling his head off. Um, and he said, run a bath. I'd been collecting um, rose petals from our garden during the summer. I'd frozen them and put them in the freezer. So I got them out. I started my bath and started to really think, this could be it. This could be the start of my labor. I didn't want to get attached to any timeline. I'd read so many stories about birth going on for days and days, stop and start and all these things. My water's hand broken. I'd maybe had a little bit of a mucus plug, a little Mm -hmm. bit, but nothing major. So for me, I was open. I was open to anything that could happen. So I had a lovely bath. Aaron came home, washed my hair. We talked about this exciting um and then we just decided to go for a walk we had a beautiful walk through a local forest near to our house we lived really near the sea at that time so we went for lunch by the sea all the time having contractions about every 20 minutes completely manageable um and then about tea time, it maybe got a little bit more. So we we headed home, we lit the fire, we set up our birthing space, tarpauling
1: everywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and in your birthing space, was there anything that you brought in that was quite um, like special with intention or anything? You said you did rose petals in the bath, which is so beautiful, just that extra layer of love. Mm. Um, when you were setting up your space uh, did did you bring anything in to that space that you wanted present
2: I just had some pictures of my mum and my grandmother because for me you know birthing through your family it's it's big and I knew my birth story from my mother and I know my mum's birth story as well and I felt you know I'm from it I you know my mum is incredibly strong and so is my grandma and I I guess it was a reminder of how powerful I can be and how strong I can be. So that was really amazing. We had some really beautiful beeswax candles, non-toxic. That was really lovely. And just to light a fire, we had a fire, just the element of fire, the warmth, um, and I had a big pregnancy bouncing ball that I could just roll around on.
1: Yeah, oh, it was Simple, but yeah yeah considered. but you know the element of fire is the element of strength as well mm-hmm. and groundedness which is you know so in your body which is what birth is Absolutely. and having your mom and your grandmother there you now when your grandmother was pregnant with your mom you were also there exactly so yeah and about to take your own place in your in the lineage and the line mm-hmm. of your ancestors and evoke invoking their strength, even though they weren't there, but energetically into the space. Yeah, I absolutely love that. So you had your ball, you were bouncing around with your fire. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was
2: still feeling like everything was manageable. We had dinner about seven. My mum
1: called me. What did you
2: have? Do you know? I can't remember.
1: (laughs) Can't remember. It's funny when you speak to people having babies, they're either like, I had this and it tasted like (laughs) this. Or they're like, I've got no clue what I ate. No, I
2: can't remember (laughs) at all, actually. Aaron made it anyway. I didn't have to cook it. That's probably why I can't remember. Yeah. I remember my mum ringing me and she's like, how are you doing? kids said, yeah, I'm just going to get in the bath in a minute put the phone away had a contr- you know breathe through the contract and came back to her let her just carry on talking she had no idea at all what was happening so she didn't know you'd gone into labor at this no, point we didn't tell it. anybody we were in our own little world and we were protecting our bubble it was the three of us and that was it yeah yeah we even put signs up on the door saying do not disturb just in case we had someone call by we you know we shot all the curtains it was you know we were
1: trying to keep it protected absolutely yes I love that with the signs (laughs) and everything yeah yeah and holding that space just for you three as well because I think sometimes when you can let outside kind of sources know it brings in that element of time again doesn't it Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. that feeling
1: like you're in a on a time slot or you know people yeah. calling being like, How are you getting on? How are you progressing? It's yeah. like that pressure of always coming back to that. So that's yes. like really magical that you did
2: that. It's not fun to have other people's expectations in such a you know a time where you really need to focus inwards and think about
1: what you really want. Absolutely, yeah, because it is it's going inward, it doesn't matter externally what's going on. It's more the time thing always seems to be for everyone else rather yeah. than for the person who's birthing or mm-hmm. baby. Yep, yeah, definitely. Time sort of it's a
2: it's a really strange one when you're in labour. I mean, I felt like it went pretty quick the first the first part anyway. Yeah. Um, so I really had no concept of time. I was really taking it as it, it was coming, really. Mm. Um, we had we had dinner and things started to pick up a bit more. And then it got to about, say, 10 o'clock at night. And this is me 12 hours in. And I projectile vomited all over the kitchen floor. And I knew that that was a sign my body was purging. And I thought, my baby is going to come tonight. This is, this is a sign. Mm-hmm. And, of course, after maybe me surrendering to that, things picked up
1: really quickly and do you think that so you weren't yet in transition or anything like that you weren't no no Mm -hmm. i was just
2: i just i just had this feeling Mm -hmm. and I'd, i'd done a hypnobirthing course and i i was counting in for five out for five that was my focus and the house we had the layout it was sort of a double fronted cottage i could walk in a circle right round So what I began to do was do the circuits during the contraction and I was having hot and cold chills so I would have my dressing gown on shivering in between the contractions as soon as the contraction hit I would fling it off and walk around and count for five and I knew as soon as I would come back into the living room the contraction would go and it kept me focused and it kept me calm because the pain was increasing and I'm not scared of using these words it it was painful but women can do this
1: absolutely and creating ritual Mm -hmm. how you yeah what you did to be able to focus your mind onto something is a really incredible thing to do because yeah yeah, if you don't kind of have that ritual it can just be counting or it can be walking or it can be making noises and pregnant women or laboring women or labouring people in general whoever it is that's birthing seems to find their own little ritual Mm -hmm. that helps you journey through the pain or the feelings you're experiencing at that time
2: yeah you'll find a way of trying to your body will help you it will you will find a way of trying to understand what's going on and to get through it you will find a way because they weren't things that I thought about before the labor or anything that's not what I imagined I imagined Aaron maybe trying to massage me or do things for me but I didn't want him anywhere near me I needed to focus on exactly what I was doing and any touching was distracting to me Mm. So that was that was a surprise that was that was not something I did visualize Mm. Um, and he he held the space. He didn't he just let me do what I needed to do mm. while he was reading Anime Gaskin's <laughs> Spirituality <laughs> of Midwifery. <laughs> oh,
1: such a good book. I love that book so much. <laughs> yeah, it's it is a beautiful book with incredible stories in it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A little bit like this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um and yeah, I remember Aaron saying to me, "Let's go outside get some cold air in between what's going on." And I remember going outside. It was a clear night. It was cold, crisp autumn air, and I remember thinking, "Can I keep going with this pain? This is this is intense." And I remember looking up to the sky and saw a shooting star. And it was just like this beautiful moment where I just felt like spirit was with me. Spirit was with me. My ancestors were with me. Everything's gonna be okay.
0: I just keep getting shivers, wow. Just all these
1: special moments really, you know, make the experience for sure. Absolutely, just showing that you are supported and you're being seen and witnessed and Mm -hmm. heard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you went back inside after seeing that shooting star, do you feel like you had a little bit more strength?
2: I did, I did. And then I think another part of surrendering again, the contractions got closer together. Mm -hmm. They got closer and closer together. And... I really there was parts where I was like I'm okay and then I was really struggling and I I can't really remember what what time of night it was maybe early hours I remember thinking in my mind at five o'clock I'm ringing my mom or I'm ringing a midwife it's one of the two because can I do this and Aaron was looking at me maybe he could send something he was saying are you okay and I'm like do you think I should go to hospital? Do you think like my water's hand broken? Nothing, I didn't feel, I felt like I was getting really closer, but nothing felt like she was anywhere close to being birthed. I didn't have that feeling. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, do you think you should go to hospital? And I remember turning around saying to him, you're not supposed to say that to me. You're supposed to say I can do this. And he went, you can do this. And that gave me another little pep talk um such a great guy honestly I'm so lucky and yeah, again I was going through the contraction, and they were every they were every minute right every Mm -hmm. minute but still no waters and obviously that's not always a sign but Mm -hmm. I I knew something wasn't quite right something felt like I was ready but baby wasn't there baby wasn't ready so I hadn't been on my phone at all during during the um, labour, but I did go online, and at that time, Freebirth Society had a support group on Facebook. So I went online and I said, "Listen, my contractions are every minute, but nothing's happening. Any advice?" And someone just said, "Just, just try and push a little bit. Just, just do a little a, a gentle push." So I came off, and um, I did a little push, and I remember in. Absolutely clearly to this day, of Ruby coming out of my hip where I'd had the most of the pain, she descended straight down the birth canal. And I thought, Holy shit, this is it! I just knew. And I'm holding on to Aaron, I was biting his neck, I want to pull his t shirt. And I said, Let's get in the bedroom. We were in the bathroom at this point, went into the bedroom. I got on all fours on our bed and I pushed again. Again, not really hard, a little bit gently. And my waters burst everywhere all over the bed. And I had this wave of calmness that came over me. I actually felt like I'd left my body and I was looking down at myself. And I knew we were here. This is it. So after that little experience, I automatically just shimmy to the end of the bed and I got into squatting position in prayer position, hands together, and I was screaming, I am ready for you, Ruby, we are ready for you, and Aaron's sitting next to me, and I said to him, if you want to see your baby being born, you better get down there, and he said, is this it, and I said, this is it, so he gets down there and he can see he can see her hair and he's like I can see her hair and this just I just was like I was elated I was so happy and I had a contraction to start to push and he could see her starting to come down and then my contraction ended and she sucked back up again and he said stop pushing stop pushing which I didn't re- you know he was just giving me a little bit of advice but I ne- I really needed that I was really in this my own world at that point And on the next contraction, I pushed really hard. I was really done with this pain and he could see her and he could see everything looking very stretched and automatically he put his thumb on my perineum and Ruby came out in one contraction. He unwrapped her cord, passed her back through my legs and I just held her in my arms. And we just fell together, crying our hearts out like we did it. She's here. And she just let out this beautiful little little cry. And Aaron managed to take one picture of me. It doesn't even look like me in the picture. I'm so high on oxytocin, holding my baby like this was the most
1: incredible thing in my world. Oh my gosh, I wish everyone could see what I look like now, that is absolutely magic, so when Aaron looked down and saw that Ruby's head was coming out but everything looked very stretched and he put his finger or his thumb on your your perineum, Mm. was that just an instinctual thing he did?
2: Yeah, he'd because we'd been watching a lot of videos on all types of birthing. He'd actually seen a nineteen sixties um birthing video, um a few days prior actually, and the doctor had done that. He'd just put his perineum, and it really helped the baby to come out. And I really think that, well, now he always says that he says every woman should be should be putting their thumb on their perineum. You know, women should be taught these types of things, mm. um. But I really think it it really helped me. It was, you know, and he loves to tell the story. He loves oh. to tell people in Tesco's really loudly about things. I love it. <laughs> if I'd heard
1: him in Tesco, I would have got move and be like, tell me more. <laughs> tell me everything.
2: <laughs> oh. But yeah, I mean, the co- we've, we've read about the code. The code didn't worry us. There was no issues. She cried. But it wasn't this this loud cry it was just this gentle cry and our room was really dimly lit and I just got into bed and I was holding a skin on skin um and my placenta passed within minutes I actually didn't know it was my placenta I'd forgotten about the placenta part and it just came through me without any effort painlessly it was incredible
1: that is absolutely amazing and when Aaron unwrapped the cord, was the cord around her neck?
2: Yeah, twice. And
1: when, it was around yeah. the neck twice? Yeah,
2: he just instinctively just unwrapped it. Mm. And she was absolutely fine.
1: And as he passed her through your legs, back through to you, what do you remember in that moment feeling? What, what was that moment like for you? I was just ecstatic. Absolutely...
2: I mean the pain had gone and I was just left with this deep love for this baby who you know it was funny because she looked just like Aaron on the scan picture and she looks just like just like I looked at her and thought this is my girl this is my girl and I remember feeling like I knew you were strong I knew you were meant for me and look what's just happened this is incredible
1: That is absolutely amazing. And you, so you got back into bed, did skin to skin. Yeah. And did you do um, any kind of delayed cord clamping or yeah? what did you use to cut the cord?
2: Well, her cord was actually quite um, short. So it was kind of pulling on her belly button a little bit. So we, mm-hmm. we kept it really close. And originally we weren't sure. We really wanted to do a lotus birth mm-hmm. because it was pulling slightly. We did end up bringing the midwife about six hours later so all, you know, the cord was completely white. I'd rung my mom. It's sort of maybe an hour after I'd had her. She's screaming down the phone. Like, what, what's ha- wh- what? I said, yeah, she's here. And she was just like, could not believe. She said, you didn't tell me on the phone last night. I said, I oh, know. So she came to see me and then we rung the midwives. Ruby was a tiny little bit nasally. So we thought we'll ring the midwives. They were very unimpressed with, mm-hmm. with what they wanted to send an ambulance. And I said, I'm, I'm not going to hospital. This is not a medical emergency. Everything is fine. So they said, we'll get the community midwife to come out. So that was about... So Ruby was born about four. The midwife
1: came about ten. And so we you, caught... You called the midwife and said, I've given birth at home. I've had a free birth. Um, were they like, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, me yeah, they were
2: furious. Yeah, they were furious. Yeah, they thought that we... We, we had endangered ruby which is yes. ironic because anyone who enters into free birthing does it with such deep inner knowing the research you know it it's a lot nobody takes that lightly at
1: all absolutely it's a, from a place of protection more than anything yeah. isn't it yeah i just wanted to say as well if um anyone's listening who isn't sure what um lotus birth is mm-hmm. it's um where you allow the placenta to stay and cord to stay attached to baby until mm-hmm. it falls away naturally
2: mm-hmm. which
1: would mean you know walking around kind of with a bowl carrying the placenta um yeah basically <laughs> like some nice herbs so it does yes smell well. yeah yeah so you sorry i interrupted you then i'm just getting so excited about the question <laughs> um Yeah, so you rang the midwife and they said, we're going to send a community midwife out to yeah. Yeah, so they did
2: that, that was fine. She checked baby, absolutely perfect. She's great, Um, we cut the cord and, you know, they talk about the placenta being baby's twin, well, Ruby cried. She cried out when we caught that cord, and I'll never forget it. And it wasn't like she was in pain. It, I just felt that she knew that separation from something that had kept her alive within me, and I knew that she felt that. Um, so, and yeah, so her yeah, it we we cut it, and there was no issues afterwards. It fell off naturally within a few days, as normal. And did you do anything with the placenta afterwards? well I actually still have it in my freezer oh, Aaron I made it. yeah Aaron made some incredible um artwork with it so I've still got that and um I just I haven't been able to let go of it I've thought about um giving it to the earth I've thought about planting it But I actually come round to I really want to do it with Ruby when she's old enough to understand. So maybe when she's about five or six and we've talked about her birth, I'd love to do a little ceremony with her together.
1: That sounds absolutely magical. Oh, I love that. Oh my God, this is giving me all the feels. Wow, that's so powerful. And I love how much you stood in your power and heard yourself and allowed yourself and Ruby to be heard enough to have the birth that you desired to have despite everyone telling you that you couldn't Mm. or with the fear mongering yeah and you know people coming from places of concern and yeah it's just so beautiful to hear so thank you so much for sharing that amazing story thank
2: you so much it's it's always such an honor to relive the experience and tell my story Um, and it's really propelled me into really wanting to support other women to birth in their own power so I've just done a birthkeeping course Um, I'm really excited Um, so I'll be setting up properly soon Um, and I guess the focus really for me is Everything you need to birth is within you. You actually don't need to know anything about birth. Women have birthed without actually physically not knowing anything. They've just followed their bodies and it has worked. And um, birth undisturbed is, is incredibly safe. And I think that's what we we forget in the medical system birth is really safe and it's amazing how many nurses I've told my story to who are flabbergasted they've never even heard of free birth and they've never seen a normal undisturbed birth which is really incredible. Wow and I think yeah the
1: more you can see undisturbed birth the more trust there is Mm -hmm. to be had in the natural ability of the body um yeah it's just so powerful and your story is medicine for so many women and partners and men having babies as well just for everyone to know that you know your body is capable and you can have the birth that you want despite what medical professionals or family or friends may say. Obviously, I know there are circumstances where, you know, sometimes the medical world is needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, with you being in brackets overdue, um, brackets, net or called brackets. What are they called?
2: No, that's not the right word, is it?
1: It's no. um,
2: quotation marks, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one.
1: Thank you. We'll get there. Um. <laughs> you know your birth could have gone a lot differently from being over over your due date and that induction then could have led to a hospital birth and mm-hmm. yeah you know, the result could have been a lot different for yourself ruby partner and um, yeah that story could have been very different if you went to have trusted and listened mm, absolutely so that's really profound and so just before we go um do you have any advice for first-time parents? What would your piece of advice be? I think um,
2: the best advice I could give is you really need to do the inner work. It's so important in pregnancy to ask the big questions and um, to really dig deep within yourself and surrender to the process. Have, if you have this intrinsic trust within yourself That will guide you, your heart leads you, and that's all you really need to pay attention to. If your body is saying, I'm safe, I'm loved, I'm strong, that's great. If your body is telling you something's not quite right, well, the medical system's there, but you really need to understand innate fear versus external fear people putting fear onto you and what your actual internal compass is what is your body telling you what do you need to know because I really believe in the power of your body will tell you if something's wrong it will something will tell you and that's your guidance
1: Mm. there's so much wisdom in that so much wisdom in that I've loved every second of this oh, story. Thank you. Honestly feeling so inspired and in awe of your power and women in general.
0: Thank so you so Thank
1: much. you. Thank you so much and yeah guys if you are listening, well obviously if you're listening to this and you're listening to this um <laughs> please leave a review share this story if you know any mamas or dads having babies please share this wisdom and this you know this birth of love this oxytocin birth Um, share it far and wide because it's medicine and it is needed And thank you so much, Jenna, for coming on. I'm so grateful. Thank you. I really
2: believe birth will heal the
1: world. We really need to be bringing
2: babies into love, into gentle love. Absolutely.
1: Up the oxytocin baths. Come on. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. And speak soon. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the White of the Womb podcast. If this episode resonated with you and if you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot and share this on your social media. Tag me at Beck Wallace, Birthkeeper And drop me a message, let me know how you found it. And if you feel called, please feel free to leave a review. It just helps other people to find the podcast so that we can build community and gather together. Thanks so much. Sending all the love.